Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you set your mind to. Spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it. This is my purpose, and you will not stop me. You are listening to Mojo Sports. Yeah, hello and welcome to Mojo Sports, the Women in League show, Season 2, Episode 16. My name is Dan Frost, and as always, I'm supported by the best panel in the business. Uh, Tasha, it's just me and you tonight as we talk all things rugby league, but uh, look, we couldn't be more excited to, you know, obviously go over the round ahead, but also, you know, we're at that point of the competition where we're starting to celebrate what has been an incredible tournament so far. Plenty of highs, a few lows, but, um, you know, ultimately just a, just a, a big celebration of where, you know, I guess women's rugby league has come over the last couple of years. And, you know, you just get a bit of a sense that, you know, I, I guess that the best football is, is still to come. Yeah, absolutely. And the competition is just outstanding. And, and what the results for round five will mean to these teams whether or not they make the finals is, I mean, the only team that's that's not in contention um, are your Knights. But, you know, they're a new franchise. They're, they've got building to do. But, geez, it's going to be a cracker of a round five. Yeah, we can't wait. But let, let's let's take our mind back all the way to last weekend. But, uh, well, look, we, we've got to call it out and celebrate um, some of the performances from, from round four. It was, uh, yeah, we, we saw some... Uh, pretty special things. Uh, let's dive into the DMs, uh, Tash. And the question we've got this week is, you know, thinking about some of the halves, in particular the 5'8 position, who do you think was the most impressive 5'8 from round four? Oh, I can't, you know, choose my most impressive 5'8 without mentioning Taryn Aiken. She's the only player in the NRLW that's actually made team of the week in round one, round two, and round three. But I'm actually going to choose uh, the Roosters 5'8", Z, Zahara Temera, because she's just outstanding to, um, game for the Roosters. She kicked three, three from three, um, and she's just got ice in her veins. The way she nailed that game, sealing the win for the Roosters 19-18 with an incredible field goal. It was so accurate. She was so calm. So, yeah, she's my most impressive 5'8". Yeah, and Parramatta Eels, they definitely like a, a tight contest. I remember when they did the Knights in round one, Maddie Studding kicked that field goal. But, uh, look, that's rugby league. Some days you win, some days you lose. And, uh, yeah, Sydney Roosters getting the job done there. Look, for me, I, I had to sit back. Obviously disappointing uh, the way that the Knights game went. But, you know, at the same time, have to respect what uh, the St. George Illawarra, Illawarra Dragons were able to produce. A truly impressive performance, uh, 1 through 17. Uh, in terms of uh, the 5'8", obviously, Fuimano, uh, Talia, she was outstanding. Uh, Tash, I really feel like she's warmed into the season. You know, we spoke about her ability to run first in attack. Um, you know, it's certainly, you know, I, I guess it took her a little bit of time to get into the season. But as the competition has kind of opened up, you know, weather conditions have got better, it's kind of really suited her playing style. Yeah, she's certainly hitting a straps. So, I mean, I, I can't believe, you know, four weeks ago she debuted. It, it's just incredible. Her tackling technique is outstanding. There's not much of her, uh, but I think I picked her for tackle of the week last week, and she just continues to produce. And the Dragons, what they managed to produce um, is just outstanding. Their, their entire back line, you know, most of them hitting up, you know, double tries. It was just 
Great footy to watch, absolutely outstanding. And um, Fui Maiano, not, not the least of them. All right, well, let's jump into our first segment for tonight, the breakdown. It's do or die. One game. Got hit in the mouth and acted like somebody took our lunch money. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Um, not everything went to plan at all. Um, and they run through our ass like sh- through a tin horn, man, and we could not stop them. <laughs> <laughs> Tash, you spoke a little bit about it um, you know, during, during that listener question at the start around how tight the competition is let's just quickly recap on where it sits so we have the dragons uh in first place uh with six points they're equal at the top with the brisbane broncos we'll touch upon them because something historic happened for for that team um obviously last week and then we have the eels the titans and the roosters all on four competition points um and you know this is something that we've spoken about in terms of the importance of for and against tash what's even more incredible about how close this competition is when you look at the two top teams, the Dragons and the Broncos, still relatively close when it comes to their for and against. We've got 14, uh, we've got, well, just running through the mass at the moment. We've got a handful of points separating them, and it's the same for the Eels, Titans, and Roosters. So, look, it's going to be, yeah, as you mentioned, it's going to be really, really interesting, interesting to see how the playoff bracket uh, ends up uh, setting out um, as we go through this round. But anyway, let's jump into our feature game for this week, and it is the St. George Illawarra Dragons coming up against the Sydney Roosters. Now, Tash... You know, again, we, we always speak about the roadshow that we were on, um, you know, last year as we were sort of pre- preparing for the NRLW season. We went through New South Wales. We went through, through Queensland. And, you know, one of the things that we took away from that was just how much talent was yet to debut at this level. And whilst it's a surprise as to how, you know, great a performance the St. George Laura Dragons have had this year, I guess, you know, we hate to say I told you so, but, you know, a lot of these players that have debuted, we, we were expecting they were going to, I guess, arrive into the NRLW competition and and succeed day one. Exactly that, Dan. We have been saying that for months and months as as we went through the teams um, in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership and in Queensland in the BHP, that the talent pool was quite deep and quite solid. So it's no surprise to me that so many players have made their debut in the NRLW this season and they've really hit their straps and really nudging for representative footy positions. Tash, I, I guess it's it's difficult to talk about the Dragons without, uh, I guess, you know, having a bit of a sidebar conversation about the Brisbane Broncos. We'll talk about them shortly around their unbelievable shock loss uh, in, in round four, you know, having lost the game since 2019. But I guess that then paints a really interesting uh, story around the St. George Illawarra Dragons because suddenly you go from what is a really talented football team to are we seeing arguably the best team in the competition, you know, because, yeah, to talk us through where you feel the Dragons are at at the moment because, yeah, obviously Newcastle didn't have the best day on the weekend, but, yeah, the Dragons really showed something. The Dragons just kept their, you know, pedal to the metal. They did not, um, you know, stop scoring tries and they were classy pieces of play. So... You know, the Dragons, I'm, I'm thinking they're looking the best team at the moment. If you just go by, well, not just round four, you could go by round three, round four. I know they lost to the Dragons in round three, but they are looking to be the team to beat. Their strike power is just amazing. Their engine room is formidable. Um, and now that they've got Kezi Apps back, it's just, 
you know, rock on the dragons. Uh, it sounds like the sort of things we used to say about the Broncos. Yeah, that's right. Um, it, it's, it's you know, the ability to kind of succeed 1 through 17. Let's go through it in terms of some of our standout players and players to watch heading into this one. Uh, Tash, it's got to be the fullback. I mean, talk about Emma. Emma, Emma Tonegato, um, you know, we've been singing her praise um, all season, but... You know, she continues to level up. I mean, we, we, we kind of anticipated the fact that we wouldn't see the best out of a lot of these players until we sort of hit the end of the season into the semifinals. But it's just scary to think where she can get to in terms of her game. Last week, two tries, two try assists, 16 runs, um, just short of 200 metres, six tackle breaks, two line breaks. This is becoming just week in, week out for Emma. Um, yeah, talk to us about your expectations coming into this one because, you know, the Dragons are going to want to win this. They're going to want to finish on top. And Emma's going to be a big part of that. Yeah, she sure is. Now, Emma, Emma's come from, you know, where she could be a full-time professional athlete and train. And that's sort of the benchmark that we want all the NRLW girls to, to be at. Um, unfortunately, at the moment, they're, they're juggling a lot of jobs and um, other duties. But Emma burst onto the scene in round one and then she's every week she's getting even better. Just when you when you think, oh wow, there's the benchmark. That's that's you know what a professional athlete looks like. She just improves the following week, and I don't think that's going to slow down anytime soon. And she's going to be a big part of the Dragons' victory if they get that victory over the Roosters. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely been really impressive. And I guess before we talk more about their attack. Tash, you know, you, you know, you, you've you've played the game. You're a legend of our sport. You've played. You've been out in the middle. You know what sort of you know where you can pull your energy from when you're playing the game. And the defensive side is also a part of the Dragons game that is becoming increasingly increasingly impressive. Your ability to kind of deny the opposition, keep them to one try if less. I mean that that's what's been so impressive about the Dragons this season. Outside of the Broncos game, they really have been able to keep all of their games really really tight, and that just. That just builds confidence in your squad to know that, you know, you can turn the opposition away and then, you know, from an attack perspective, that's certainly not an issue for the Dragons. Absolutely, Dan. You talk about the strike power that they've got in, you know, in their back line. I don't even have to name them individually because I think all of them have tremendous speed, pace, power, strength and ability to know, um, you know, and execute their, their plays in attack. But they are, a, they are a defensive unit and they are, Jamie Soward must be so proud of them at the moment. Um, he's obviously coached them and prepared them so very, very well because they're, they're great on both sides of the ball. No, very, very impressive, that's for sure. And I guess, you know, just to round off in terms of where we see the Dragons at the moment, Tash, is their ability to play both sides. Again, we've spoken about this at length, is that some teams, you know, whether it's NRLW or all the NRL competition, they can be a little bit one-dimensional or favour one side. What is impressive about the Dragons is they have an absolute superstar on one edge in Jamie Chapman. But at the same time, they're still as effective on the opposite side there with Paige McGregor. I mean, it's, it's an embarrassment of riches there where you've got your halves playing particularly well. Fingers crossed for, for Rach Pearson, who obviously um, you know pulled out of the game with a bit of, bit of back soreness through that game. So hopefully she recovers quite well. Um, but, you know, when you've got the halves that are really building into it um, and then you've got Emma being able to link the edges, um, yeah, it just makes Dragons a really big challenge to defend. Yeah, right, right across the park, as you say, Dan. And if Jamie Soud was going to be a little bit disappointed in his team, it might be in their inability to, you know, 
convert those tries. You know, those two points um, against any other team would have been really, really costly each time that they missed that. But, you know, it shows the depth. Um, Rach missed the first couple and then, okay, so they went to someone else, they went to someone else. Um, You know, one of their forwards was one of the most successful kickers in in Holly Wheeler. And we're seeing that a lot, Dan. I love these props or these second rowers coming up and taking the conversions. Yeah, it's it's definitely pretty impressive. And that that's the last thing we'll we'll we'll, we'll cover off on the Dragons is you know they're a team that just put forty on the Knights. You know, only conceded a, a, you know one try at the very start of the game. So really, you know, unbelievable performance. Really historic when it comes to this particular tournament. And yet, there's still so much improvement in this football team. There's still too many errors in this football team. There was too many errors on the weekend, uh, missed tackles. You know, there's a few there that needs to be cleaned up. You know, their conversions they've got to get sorted out as well. And then obviously they lost Pearson throughout the game. So you just think about all of that. You know, there's still things that they will work work out. You know, then they're, they're certainly not going to be sitting on their hands thinking that they've won a premiership here. They're certainly going to be looking to improve. So scary to think where this football team can be in a week or two. Um, really, really impressive. Um, Tash, that's the Dragons. Let's flip it over to the Roosters who, you know, I, I guess, you know, they were, you know, obviously the Broncos were heavy favourites, but they were kind of seen as the side that could potentially compete against the Broncos I guess what's hurt them a little bit was their sleepy start, but as predicted, it, it, it's starting to come together now for the Roosters, and you, you just expect that of the Roosters given their squad because they have way too much firepower to not be a genuine threat in this competition. Completely right, Dan. Um, it is a little bit concerning, you know, when we see a great team on paper and then they lose two Round one and round two, you know, on the on the trot, and everybody's going, oh, you know, the Roosters. But look, they came they came into their form uh, in round three with a win, and round four with a cracking win. My only concern is Jess Sergis. She's um, on the sideline in a in a moon boot. Whether or not the Roosters have to win next week. So they need Jess Surges um, fighting fit. And so I think they took a chance and, and just want to make sure and rest her completely up. I'm hoping that's the case. But um, their other strike centre in Izzy Kelly, she's, she's on report for a, um, a crusher tackle. And I just only hope that um, she doesn't have to serve any sort of match suspensions because they, she, she had a cracker of a game. She actually crossed the line three times, being denied each time, but her powerful running is just outstanding. And the way she attracts the defence, she's such a weapon and the Roosters will really need her in this do-or-die match you know, next we're, week. We're going to have to start going back and reviewing our tape because I think we kind of called that. We put a little bit of pressure on Izzy to say, look, you know, impressive, you know, but but we we obviously judge her at a different level given what we've seen um, uh, in the past. And, and we just, you know, we, we said, you know, about, you know, about round four is when Izzy's going to explode. Tash, she, We've got a centre who's, you know, 200 metres is what she ran ran for, 19, um, 19 runs, five tackle breaks, you know, a little bit unlucky in terms of not getting the four points there, you know, obviously crossing the line. But, yeah, Isabel Kelly has really arrived for the Sydney Roosters and it couldn't have come at a, at a, at a better time because this is do or die. The Roosters absolutely need to win this game. Um, Tash, no surprise how the Roosters have kind of built their success and how they will be successful because it is their forwards. You know, they are a very tough physical team. Sarah Togatuki, Maihul Moana, she is doing great things there, um, those two front row pairings. And again, we speak about Olivia Koenig, Hannah Southwell, and Yasmin Meeks each and every week. You know, 
obviously, you know, you, you think about where this, where this football game's going to go. I don't quite think that, you know, despite we've got Isabel Kelly, I don't quite think the Sydney Roosters have got the absolute firepower to potentially match it with the Dragons. But what they can do is try and match it with them physically. You get the sense that the Roosters, they're going to want to try and win this game up the middle. They're going to want to try and make it as physical as possible. What's your thoughts on, on that task? Because the Roosters pack has been really warming to the task. Yeah, most definitely. The Roosters will want to win this game up the middle. Um, I don't think that they can, even we discussed the strike power that the Roosters have in their centres. We also talked about, you know, um, both their centres might not be there next week. Um, So it's got to be up the middle. The strike power on the Dragons out wide is just outstanding. So, you know, up the middle, Sarah Togatuki had a brilliant game. Maya Hill-Moana Awesome game. Incredible. And I think we, we signalled her out when we covered uh, North Sydney in the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership, and hasn't she come true to form? Really happy with her game. Um, yeah, so it's going to have to be up the middle, but, geez, you, you take it up the middle, you're, you're taking on Elsie Albert and <laughs> Kezi App. So, wow, yeah, it's, it's going to be a cracker. It's definitely, it's definitely not going to be easy. Um, in terms of how the Roosters can win this one, they've really got to try and keep it tight, and they've almost got to play... Uh, the perfect game. You know, they've really got to... They, they can't turn the football over, which is something they've been pretty good with. You know, the Roosters have started really clean up their game. They're really well coached there with John Strange. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can sort of really deny the Dragons too many um, easy opportunities, get them into a real grind and see what see what they're able to produce. Um, I know off the back of last week, people are going to think the Dragons will roll through the Roosters. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think it's going to be a very close football game, um, given what's on the line. Tash, what's your thoughts on this one? Because it is a little bit tricky to tip. Yeah, it is. Like we said, it's do or die for the Roosters. And, you know, we've, we've seen them coming into, into form uh, a little bit late, but they are improving every single week. And, you know, they pipped the Eels and the Eels have been playing incredibly well. Uh, only the Eels playing that well could possibly have stopped at least two of Jess Serge's tries because, you know, their defensive efforts to scurry around, get their bodies under the ground between the ball and and um, Izzy is just, you know, it's outstanding. So, yeah, it's a tough one. I've got to decide. But, yeah, I'm going the Dragons. Yeah, look, this one pulls at the heartstrings. I always say I, I do reckon there are so many uh, local juniors in the Roosters camp, uh, you know, being a big Knights supporter, a lot of lot of girls from the Hunter, from Newcastle, from the Central Coast. So um, totally respect the Roosters uh, set up there. Uh, but the Dragons have been a bit of a second team for me um, and, yeah, really impressed with their season. I think the Dragons are going to win that one close and I think that'll be a really good test for the Dragons to see how they can handle almost a playoff-type feel, you know, because this is going to be a playoffs game. How do the Dragons kind of feel? Are they going to show any sort of complacency, rest any particular players? Um, I think this will be a good test for the Dragons, and the Dragons win by two points. All right, let's move through to our next feature game, and it is the Brisbane Broncos coming up against the Parramatta Eels. Uh, Tash, you think about, you know, the motivation coming into this final round, and it's going to be hard to predict out of these two teams which team is going to be more fired up. Tash, if it wasn't the coach screaming, uh, lifting pain off the walls, it was probably the players themselves. The Brisbane Broncos losing their first game since 2019. You know, maybe the yelling and the screaming is probably a little bit dramatic, but you just, you know, what you understand about this football team, there are so many high-class professionals in this team that the standards are just so high. That performance against the Titans wasn't good enough, in particular in defense. They're going to want to address that this week. Yeah, they, they certainly will have to do that. And look, 
I feel sorry for any team taking on the Broncos um, next week because they will be stinging. Uh, the Broncos will really want to come out hard, play fast and just really rack up the points because they want to prove that they're the best. They are the best team. And, you know, they, they went down narrowly. The only two games they've lost in the NRLW, they've, they only lost by two points. So, you know, it's not like it's a big blowout or anything like that. And they did it. They lost. Um, they didn't have Millie Boyle. They didn't have Tamika Upton. So those two coming back into uh, round five, um, plus that, you know, Ali Brigginshaw will have them all fired up. Yeah, and, and you wonder you wonder whether that's that was kind of a good thing for the Brisbane Broncos to lose a game because at what point does this undefeated run become, you know, a little bit problematic, you know what I mean? You've seen in other sports and other teams where you kind of don't mind a loss at the right time because it just really, I guess, shocks the system and says to the playing group, look, if we're not right, if we're not at our best, this competition is close enough that we can lose. And as you know, you know, this isn't first to the post who, who wins the competition. You've got to you've got to step up there on grand final day and, and win that game. So I think that's a little bit of a shock to the system for the Brisbane Broncos. As I said, you know, what went wrong for them? It was their defense, you know what I mean? Their ability to kind of build pressure, frustrate the opposition kind of wasn't there last week. I think they'll go back to their old ways and really try and better manage the game, slow things down. Um, and, yeah, I, look, I have no concerns with their attack. Uh, the Brisbane Broncos quite easily can score points no matter who they put out on the football field. But, yeah, we need to see a better defensive performance uh, from the Broncos. Um, Tash, again, I sort of mentioned I don't know which team's going to be coming in more fired up because if we flip it over uh, to the Parramatta Eels, again, this is do or die. This is kind of, you think about the blood, sweat, tears, all of those preseason the running, the run. <laughs> all I can think of is running, running, running in that preseason. Everything you do, all the sacrifices you make, the traveling, uh, you know, family coming to watch and see you play. It all comes down to the end of this season. And for the Parramatta Reels, again, this is a must-win game. Um, talk to us about Para. Um, again, losing by one point against the Roosters, uh, they'll be very disappointed with that. But again, you look at their playlist. Way too much talent here to be too concerned. I think they're going to really give uh, Brisbane all they can handle on the weekend? Oh, they certainly will. Going into uh, round four, the Eels were looking like real grand final contenders. And let's not take that away from them. I think um, today everything didn't really go their way for them. Uh, Nita Maynard, when she's not there in in the rake position, I think Dean Witters had to put her in into the middle at some point, and that, that caused you know, a fracture in their, in their defence. Um, a couple of times their, their attack just didn't seem right. I think, um, you know, the, the halves sort of went missing a bit or I'm not sure what happened, but it wasn't that the tidy, shiny eels. And I think that's exactly what Dean will, will have them up for in, in round five because, you know, it's a must win for them as well. Yeah, and, and I, you just got to think about the way in which Dean will be coaching this game is that I just don't feel like it's going to be spoken about as a regular season game. I mean, here we are, 
you know, if, if results don't go our way, you know, you're not playing finals football, you just get a sense that the semifinals have come one week early for the majority of the competition. So this is finals football. So, Tash, immediately, what do we do when we think about these high-pressure games and we look at, we look at this Parramatta roster? You know, Boveto Welsh, you know, she's going to be a player who they're probably going to look to, um, and as well as their halves. Um, Emily Curtin, obviously still very young in her career, uh, Maddie Studden, but... Again, you know, with, with Brisbane, I feel like they got a little bit frustrated last week. Um, Parramatta certainly have the ability to do that. Again, we speak about Samima Taufa there as as the captain. I guess the stage is set for her because, you know, this is exactly the type of con- contest that she absolutely, um, you know, loves. And this is probably the reason why she plays um, Samima Taufa to have a big game against the Brisbane Broncos. Yeah, she, she constantly does all the hard yards. She leads by example. She's such a fabulous captain. She's inspirational. And it will be a huge game, you know, against the Broncos and a big ask of Samima to lead that team. But let's not forget our mate Kennedy Cherrington. Yeah. I can't wait for the matchup. Um, just because Kennedy has that ability to get under players' skin. And um, we saw that last season. She managed to get under Ali Brigginshaw's skin. And, you know, knowing Kennedy the way we do, she won't back down. No, that's Kennedy, right. she'll, she'll keep that niggling place and she'll be awesome in attack and defence as well. I thought Kennedy and Christian, yeah, obviously Christian Pio and, and Kennedy Cherrington both going over for 100, 112 and 113 metres respectively last week. I think they'll be looking to do the same. But another thing that's kind of really interesting with Para is, you know, you look at Samaim and you look at Kennedy and they're probably not the biggest players, very, very productive. But what's been really, really impressive about the Eels is that they're able to get a lot of, uh, I guess, yardage out of their outside backs. You look at, um, you know, uh, Navidi, Panatani, Church, Horn. They're all running in the games, 92 metres, 98, 93, 87 metres. They're getting a lot of production. They're getting a lot of go forward. They're getting a lot of really useful yardage during the the starts of their sets. It's just so important, and it just goes to show how much the game has changed. No longer can you sit out on the edge, out on the wing, uh, and just wait for someone to pass you the ball to score a try. You really are in the middle um, getting some hard yards. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see um, how the Eels can match up against the Broncos. Uh, Tash, no sitting on the fence. We've got to jump into this one. You've got one team in Parramatta who are going to be absolutely desperate to cement their position in the finals. And then you've got the Brisbane Broncos who, you know, at home, they're going to be reeling. Um, Thoughts on this one? Yeah, look, I always get in trouble when I tip against the Broncos, but I think it's just desperation stakes with the Eels and all those names that you just mentioned, and they're powerful in running. Now, in round four, they tried to contain Bo Betty Welsh because of, you know, she's broken all records as far as run metres go. And you just saw the strike power across the field that the, the Eels have. So... I think they're all going to get it together. I think Dean Witters can get the best out of his team. And I'm tipping the Eels and the upset against the Broncos. I love that. That's a bit of an underdog tip of the week, which will which will wrap there. Look, I, I learned my I, last week I said there'll be no chance. You know, Titans got no chance, but you know, you just felt like there was this bit of underdog vibe um, to them. We'll talk more about the Titans. Um, shortly, but um, yeah, look, the Broncos, I can't tip against them. I, I think an angry Ali Brigginshaw is pretty scary, to be honest. We don't even need to talk about the coaches. Um, I just think about those training sessions this week and the intensity. I think the Broncos will win, but you're exactly right. The Parramatta, Parramatta play very, very close games. How about this? Brisbane Broncos win that game by one. 
All right, let's jump into rapid fire, last segment of the night. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Your apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is singing closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Tash, let's, uh, let's finish off rapid fire with the remaining game, and that is the Gold Coast Titans uh, coming up against my Newcastle Knights. Now, yeah, look, obviously it's been a difficult uh, season for the Newcastle Knights. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a little bit to be expected as a new franchise. Uh, the Gold Coast Titans, they'll be playing home away from home. They're up in Queensland at Suncorp Stadium, so it's going to be particularly challenging for the Newcastle Knights. Um, Tash, let, let's focus in on the Titans, though, to start with because... Wow, you know, what did, what did we witness last weekend, you know, with, with the Gold Coast Titans? I mean, their ability to, you know, go into that game, and we said it, we spoke about it last week, you know, this team, no one will give them a chance, but the Broncos are going to be looking to bash them, and a couple of players who will not be intimidated is your mate Steph Hancock, who, again, just, again, showed why she's one of the legends of the game. We'll talk about Shania Power a little bit later, but, yeah, just a little bit of a chat on Steph, because, you know, she showed that... Yeah, she leads, she leads by example. She leads that pack, and what an outstanding performance. And, again, she'll roll that in this week against Newcastle Knights. Yeah, she she sure is. Um, she's just an amazing person as well as an amazing player is Steph. And she showed some really good, you know, the, the experience in, in her game um, right at the end there where, you know, Brit O'Brady, Nat I had a bit of a rush of blood and, you know, she's coming up yelling, going, no, 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 we'll, we'll take the two. And another fairy tale finish when, when you've got a prop in Brianna Clark, you know, taking that penalty and nailing it for the win, um, absolutely outstanding. And that was down to Steph Hancock, who had already narrowed down the, the, the weakness in the defence of the Broncos, and that being just the slightness of build of Hayley Maddock. Um, you know, if you can get a, a, a strong, powerful prop forward and get sort of isolate just on that smaller player, and Steph did just that and, and scored four points for them, and then actually I think she won the game for them by convincing the team, look, listen, let's take this kick right at the end in the dying moments. It showed so much leadership. And, I mean, to score that try, to, you know, to, to open up the game, you know, obviously was really productive, you know, ran for a lot of metres, um, you know, three tackle breaks as well at 40 years of age young, you know, Tash, she's, um, yeah, an absolute legend of the sport. And, um, you know, the Gold Coast Titans, you know, it was it was a really um, historic signing bringing Steph because you got the sense that, hang on, we're, we're bringing someone into a new franchise that can really help us build some culture here. But the added bonus is, oh, my God, she's out here scoring tries, dominating, leading from the front. Outstanding performance there from Steph Hancock, which means that she'll be ready to go against the Newcastle Knights. Um, Tash, you know, the other thing that's sort of really becoming clear when we look at the Gold Coast Titans is, is that word culture um, and is that camaraderie that we're seeing within this Gold Coast Titans unit. There is just a real big positivity when it comes to this playing group friendships banter you know you you, you see how how the girls are sort of um interacting with with each other um you know online on social media it it just really feels like this is a really you know despite the fact that this is a new franchise it, it appears these players are very very close and we're starting to see that now on the football field where combinations that looks very very clunky in round one every 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 everything's just coming together i guess for the titans at the right time 
Yeah, it sure is. And you're right that there's very strong friendship bonds within the Titans team. Um, and when you've got such a inspiration it, that is Steph Hancock that just helps to lead all that bonding. And, I mean, let's not forget, it's Jamie Feeney. He's a whiz. He knows these players. And and that's really, you know, really showing through, especially in round four with that historic win. Tash, I wish there was a documentary crew that sort of got, you know, I just want to hear about, and, you know, we'll, we'll probably look to get Jamie on the show at some point to just hear about how we coached that particular week against the Broncos because, you know, we found it pretty easy, that narrative. No no one's given you a chance, you know. No one thinks you've got this. And, you know, they took it personal. They went out there and they absolutely shone. One player that was a standout was Shania Power. Tash, I mean, one player that you probably wouldn't like to replace is Tasman Gray who almost plays the game of rugby league as if she's superhuman. But Shania Power, she just played her game. And what we see, what we see, I guess, her biggest strength in, in the game of rugby league is she's such a, a tough, hard ball runner. And again, she was she was a significant problem for the Broncos. And in this matchup against the Newcastle Knights, you think she's going to um, yeah bring more pain upon my beloved Newcastle team? Yeah, she is. She was a standout. Um, it is hard to fill Tasman Gray's shoes. Uh, Tasman is just a phenomenal forward. She, she's great defence. She has great carries. And then Shania comes in and goes, okay, well, I'll give it a crack. And I think we talked about, like, m- most impressive try um, in one of our shows, and th- that would have to go to Shania. She... She stepped. She off both legs. She beat four players. She shimmied. She it from nothing. She did it all herself, and over for the four points. She, just an amazing game. No, it was incredible. All right, Tash. Let's flip it over to the to the away team. Obviously, uh, the Gold Coast Titans playing at home away from home. As I mentioned at Suncorp, Suncorp Newcastle having to do the really tough run. Um, and look, we've all been there. We've all played in teams where, uh, you know, semifinals will not be an option. But obviously, being a new team, there's plenty on the line here as the, as the team looks to finish uh, on, the right, on the right note and obviously get their first win. Tash, thinking about coaching this team and thinking about what Casey Bromelow is kind of, kind of going to be looking at, at sort of doing this week, Tash, there's just some games of football where you just burn the tape. You know what I mean? There's no point the Newcastle Knights dwelling in that performance Last week, you know, sitting there in, in a few hour, you know, sort of film sessions. Tash, we just got one more game of football. Let's burn the tape. Let's get back to basics. Let's get our bodies in front. Let's fix this defense. We'll talk more about a couple of little bits and pieces. But for the Newcastle Knights, what's your thoughts here in terms of coaching this team? Forget last week. Let's move forward. Let, let's try and finish this competition on the right on the right foot. Yeah, the last thing you want to do is is roll the tape on your last performance when it was the one that the Knights had. You've got to get the players into a positive mindset and you can't do that by going over all the, you know, tries that were scored against them and why. What you've got to do is get, you know, faith back into your players and that's a hard thing to do, especially with a new franchise, especially with a lot of um, new players. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Casey Bromelow will not be going to the to the tape to dissect um, their round four. He'll be instilling in his players, you know, we are competitive because they have been competitive each week. It just hasn't been for the full 70 minutes that's let them down. I mean, if you go back to round one, brand-new franchise, um, but they were playing a brand-new franchise in the Eels, but they went down by one point. So, yeah, a race round four, that was the only real blowout score 
of any of the games in any of the rounds and just instill in your players there's a reason why you're wearing those Knights jerseys. There's a reason why we chose to contract you and let's get this team together and let's, for our last game this season, let's show them what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. No, And I think, you know, their their strategy of, of picking sort of a bigger team, they've been really physical at the start of games, but... Yeah, again, defensively, um, you know, just that defensive line has broken up on a few times under fatigue. And, um, yeah, that, that's something they're going to have to look at this year. But, you know, I think it's more of a holistic view. As you mentioned, Tash, they're going to be going into this thinking about, look, you know, this is about the, the next competition as well. There's two NRLW competitions this year. So I guess everyone's going to be going out there trying to perform, put their best film on tape because I guess, you know, everyone's sort of fighting for a position in the next competition as well. So, yeah, look, I think Newcastle, they're going to have plenty, um, you know, they're going to have plenty of fight, but very difficult coming up against Gold Coast Titans who are desperate to try and secure a playoff spot. Uh, Tash, I can handle it. Give me the bad news. What's your prediction here? Titans, desperate to get into the playoffs coming up against the, the winless Knights. Yeah, the Titans are on an absolute high. Um, they will they will bring everything um, in this game to the Knights. Um the Knights, uh, I think, you know, Tallulah Tillett, um, she's in doubt. She, she seemed to be, it seemed to be pretty bad knee injury. I, I really hope it's not. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm going the Titans for this one. Yeah, look, I, look, we spoke about our underdog tips of the week. This is my big, bold prediction of the season. You know, rugby league just doesn't make sense sometimes, Tash. You know what I mean? Like sometimes... You win, you lose, and, and, and yeah, it, it, rugby league, it just doesn't make sense at the best of times. So, I me, mean, I'm going out on a leap here. Of course, Newcastle Knights, they're going to get the upset win here to finish on the right note. Romy Teitzel, our captain, she'll score two tries, and uh, we're going to shock the world and, and win win this one. And, again, that will really put us into a really good preseason. Um, the girls will go back into their state competitions, Origin, um, and then we'll roll into it, the next competition where we can reevaluate things. So, Newcastle Knights, to get the major upset here, uh, please gamble responsibly. All right, guys, well, that's all the time we have tonight. Uh, Tash, again, just want to thank you. Uh, Amazing job, as always, as we talk all things women in league. It's getting a little bit sad, though, that (laughs) the competition's gone a little bit too quickly. This is the final round. So much to play for. Obviously, um, the Broncos and the Dragons, they're fighting for top spot. We've got three teams in Parramatta, the Roosters and the Gold Coast Titans, fighting for a playoff spot, and the Newcastle Knights looking to finish the season on the right note. Uh, again, tune in. Uh, for our listeners, continue to support the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Two episodes a week as we've got the NRLW season on. Continue to download the podcast, share with family and friends, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.